Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome, everybody, to Tennis Channel Inside In. We're on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, and it is the off-season, but no rest for the weary. We're proceeding to give you what you need here on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. And I'm joined now by a reoccurring guest, now the second time, somebody I spoke to 15 months ago. She was starting out on TV, still hadn't made her official comeback to tennis after taking some time away, had her first child. And oh my, how the last 15 months have gone in her return to tennis. There's been another stint on TV and, of course, the finals of the 2022 Women's Doubles event at the U.S. Open with Katie McNally. Uh, welcome back to Tennis Channel Inside In, one of my favorites, Taylor Townsend. Taylor, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you. I made your favorites list. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a very rare list. We'll have to get you like a T-shirt <laughs> or a hat or something. Uh, nice. So so we're at like that, that strange time of year, the one month uh, coming up on December where it's the off-season. I know your circumstances are a little different given all that's happened in the last year. Have you had a chance to kind of take your breath and just reflect a little bit on what, what really has happened in the last year from you, which has been unlike any year I think many people have had? <laughs> oh, that I appreciate that. Yeah, I actually have. I, um, after, um, Fed Cup, I took a trip, a little solo trip, and then met some friends, um, in Dubai and had a great time there. And, that was actually the first time I've ever taken vacation. So it was a little bit weird for me. The first three days, like I woke up at 4 a.m. and like raced to the gym. It's like, oh my God, I have something to do. <laughs> and then I realized I had nothing to do and it was very weird. Um, but, you know, towards the latter part, after the first week, it was a lot easier and I really just kind of relaxed into it. And I had a great time, had a great time there, had a great time spending with my family, getting back home and finally getting a chance just to kind of breathe a little bit and not having to worry about doing anything. And it was, it was great. So, um, this is day three of my off season and I feel like any athlete who's taken a couple of weeks off feels, <laughs> but you know, it's great to be back. Yeah. I would have to imagine given that there was some inactivity, there was, you know, everything that we mentioned before, but you've been, ramping up your activity you've been staying hyperactive it's gotten you to the level that you've gotten in the results that it's yielded but did it kind of feel like at first stepping off the hamster wheel like okay now what do I do on day one of just you know unplugging from all the training and, and work you put in yeah for sure it was really weird um like I said this is the first time I've ever taken a vacation so like I didn't know what to do like you know having some days where I just like I had things that I had planned um, but you know, those first initial days where you just have nothing, um, it was, it was really strange, but I tried to just, you know, do the best that I could and just like enjoy myself and understand that like, it's okay not to have planned. It's okay not to have nothing to do and to do nothing. And, um, you know, once I kind of gave myself that, okay. And that thumbs up, like, I think I was able to take a breath, but before then I was, like I said, like I was in the gym at four thirty, like. I got to work out. Like 
I have to. And um, then I realized like, no, this is actually a time that you're supposed to be resting because, you know, you're going to have plenty of time to get back to all of that. So um, yeah, it was a little strange at first, but like, ultimately it was a perfect vacation. It was a perfect couple of weeks off and definitely regrouped and, and am ready to go um, to attack next season. I'm so fascinated with the uh, recovery and just getting back to this level and ramping back up, not just because you've yielded the success that you got, but also because we kind of saw it firsthand with you doing TV last year and then coming back again this year. And I know you've credited your your coach, trainer, do-it-all, John Williams, your nutritionist even in that role, but what was the first step for you with, you know, recommitting to this, you know, attacking this goal again, something you've already had success in, but you know, starting from, I guess, scratch as a, as a blank surface, what was the first step in that recovery and that, you know, rebuilding yourself back up to an elite level tennis player? Um, well, you know, after having my son and like having a C-section, just being able to like walk and do the little things again was a big step. Um, but in terms of like, once I got back active, like, you know, my, my coach, you know, like you said, do it all, um, trainer, like we really have like a very, you know, great plan of just kind of like just clarity and understanding like what I wanted and being very clear with like what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go, where I wanted to end up. And then basically once I kind of mapped that end goal, then like backtracked from there. Um, and it wasn't a, it, it was a something that I did on my own, but it was also something that I did with my team so that I was able to, we were all able to be on the same page and we're working in tandem with each other to make sure that, you know, we were all moving anonymously in the same direction or synonymously in the same direction. Um, and that the ultimate goal of, you know, me being back and being the best that I could be and ultimately being better than I was when I left, that that goal was achieved. How important was it? And did you struggle? I should ask as well with, not having it all come back at once, like being patient in the process. Did you kind of learn over time that, you know, you got to be patient. It'll come eventually. You had to have faith, but were there moments of frustration where you weren't progressing as quickly as you would have liked? Oh, for sure. Um, It was, it was a lot of highs and lows, um, lots, Um, more so than anything hitting a tennis, like outside of hitting a tennis ball, it was a lot of like self-discovery and like, figuring out, understanding how my mind worked, understanding, like looking and seeing that, dang, I have, you know, nine months left of like, I have all of this way to go. Um, but like keeping that in perspective and just being able to keep my head down and put one foot in front of the other. And sometimes the, there were leaps and bounds and sometimes there were little baby shuffles, but ultimately each step was like a, you know, something that was in the direction of where I wanted to go. And just like, it was, it was a lot, it was a lot of struggles, but it was worth it mm-hmm. because like, I felt like I, I overcame a lot of, um, things I had struggled with for a really long time in my past. And, um, then new challenges arose, which was another thing that I struggled with. So like, once I felt as though, like I had accomplished and kind of overcame those, those hurdles that I had been dealing with for so many years, then as soon as I got over that hurdle, then there was a new hurdle that I had to climb and that I had to get over. And that, that in itself was very frustrating because, you know, you feel as though there should be this sense of relief after a while. And you do, you kind of exhale after, you know, you feel like you got over the hump, 
but then you realize that the next hump was even bigger. So, you know, that, that process of understanding that like, there's never any mastery. There's just, you get better and better and better at doing the thing, but you never got it. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, it Um, it makes total sense. Yeah, that was really difficult. But once like, and there was a lot of pushback internally for myself of like wanting to get it. Like, I got it. I got it. I got it. And, you know, then the same kind of cycle going over and over again. So it really, it really took a lot of breaking down, like, my mentality and, like, all of that stuff to be able to accept that you're never going to have it. You're just going to get better at mm-hmm. doing it. And I've, I've embraced that and, you know, kind of am trying to just embody that as I move forward throughout this next transition and phase of my career. Right. I mean, it, it's worth noting that you're only 26, but that's a pretty ma- mature perspective and uh, probably fair to say it's something that, that you might not have had early. Like a lot of young athletes don't kind of have that perspective early. It takes time and, you know, you're, you're maturing as you go along. I also think it's very fair to say, and, and you've been open about it, but you've gotten in the last couple months, and I say this glowingly, you've gotten yourself in pretty phenomenal shape. Um, and, I, and I have to tell this aside too, the story of you working at Tennis Channel recently and uh, saying you walked a couple miles to work, just just getting in the steps on the way. So I think, hey, for a foundation, I mean, getting into getting into shape to play a sport where you have to be very, very much in shape to play at the highest level, that's that's quite a basis for for building, you know, building yourself back up and giving yourself that. Yeah, I mean, it's necessary, and I knew that like the biggest struggle and the biggest challenge was obviously going to be like the body and the mind. The body was easier than the mind, but the body was, you know just as challenging in its own ways because it's something that you know I had struggled with publicly for all you know for a long time in my career so dealing with you know external expectations internal expectations just a lot of different things that were tied you know to my fitness conditioning body image all of that stuff and those are other things that I had to unpack and deal with so you know you know the maternity leave was incredibly helpful for me just to be able to step away from the game for 18 months and just be able to kind of like deal with these things. And then once I got back into it, like I knew that I came back better than I left. So there was no doubt in my mind in that regard. And then ultimately it just came down to implementing and executing on like the things that I had been working on and practice and that I knew and that, you know, my coach and I had been kind of ingraining in my head over those nine to 12 months that, you know, I was practicing, but you know, ultimately, yeah, I mean, the fitness is such a huge part and so many, all of the athletes are really in shape now. Um, And fitness has become such a large part of the game. It's become such a physical game. So I knew that how important that was coming back and I wasn't going to return back to the sport if I didn't feel as though I was ready to win. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. More with Taylor Townsend here on Tennis Channel Inside In. Well, the uh, the comeback really took fruition this year. You're back onto the court, and I'm always also interested in the in the decision of what to play 
you played a lot of ITF events. You, you and we're getting into the in the weeds here, but the ITF events versus the protective rankings versus you know the fact that you had a maternity leave and you were afforded some benefits there. I know you're on record as saying that you studied it and you really mapped out what you wanted to do. What was the planning process like? And just kind of, if you could expound on that, deciding when to use your protected rankings, what events you wanted to play, and just knowing how much tennis you were ready to handle. Yeah, well, I had I had mapped out my schedule myself and my coach of like what I wanted to do. And I made it very clear, like, look, I'm, I'm not 100% sure how my body's going to hold up. Um, I don't want to overdo it when it comes to like the scheduling purposes, because you have to be strategic with how many events that you play. So I just had to be cognizant of that and making sure that I wasn't overdoing it for myself. And there were a lot of other factors that went into the equation. Like, okay, I'm a new mom. Like, I don't know what it's like to not travel with my son. And like, I've never had to experience that before. So there were a lot of factors that I had to kind of take into consideration that I'm like, okay these are things that are different now than it was when I was traveling and playing tournaments before. But in terms of the, the protected ranking, you know, you only get an X, you get a specific amount of tournaments and you have to make that count as best as you can over the course of a calendar year or so, or over the, the over a year from the time that you play your first event. So I knew that I had to be strategic with which slams I was going to play, which, you know, and basically make it count the best that I could. Um, and again, you know, when I decided to use my protected ranking, I felt 100% confident that I was in the best position to win and compete at the highest level. Um, but also I understood that after being away for 18 months, it was really important to play matches. Yeah. You know, there's always rust, there's always nerves, jitters, all of those things. So you have to get, you have to shake that stuff off, um, which is why I decided to play ITF events to make sure that I was able to schedule weeks in a row back to back um, where I was able to get match play, um, and compete, get my feet wet back into the game and, you know, figure things out without having the stress of, you know, international travel and all of those different things. So that was really the thought process is just like, start off, get a whole bunch of matches. I didn't know if that was going to go the way that it was. But again, like I said, mm -hmm. when I entered those tournaments, I knew I was ready to play. I was confident in my ability to go deep and go far in the events that I had entered. And so I was just like, start off, let's play matches. Let's see how it goes. Scheduled a training block, did a great training block, played my first slam, which was Roland Garros, took a chunk off to be able to give myself an opportunity to recover, give myself a chance to get back home, um, to take a breath, to reanalyze and see what happened. And also to give myself a chance to um, get back into the gym and rebuild because it was all it was all just you know information gathering at that point we weren't sure how things were going to go and so I scheduled time off where I knew I was going to be able to go back into the gym train and then go back out on the road again strong and be able to peak for the the hardcore season and the U.S. swing so that was kind of the thought process but everyone's is different um, depending on what your favorite surface is where you like to play where you like to travel all of those things factor into your reasoning behind which tournaments you play and why. So that was just my thought process. And, you know, I'm glad I did it and it ended up working out really well. Yeah. Up to 131 in the world singles rankings. So steadily rising in the ITF, you, you had success there winning a pair of titles. So props for that. And uh, just, just looking at it too, I mean, you've always enjoyed and been a factor in these doubles tournaments. How important was it 
to play doubles? Did you look at it like it's more match time? Did you just love to play? And was that always, is that always going to be part of your DNA and your plan? Why was doubles such a factor and such an important part of this comeback? Well, I've, I've always loved playing doubles and doubles has always helped me with my singles game. So it's always been incredibly beneficial, um, not only to help my game transfer because of how I play doubles, but also just my ability to stay out on the court. And yes, you know, I wanted to get back out on the doubles court and, and honestly just get as many matches as I could. And like I said, I didn't really care if it came from singles or doubles um, and just the ability to get match play and be able to work on certain things in a competitive environment. I thought that was the most important, especially coming back and starting out. So, um, you know, I've always been a a really good doubles player. I've always enjoyed playing doubles. Um, I've always had really great results in doubles, um, but not the way that I've had it this year, which is ironic and kind of amazing but I've loved it. And, um, it always has great transfer in my game. So it's definitely going to be something that I continue to continue to incorporate, but singles is my priority. And, um, you know, wanting to get to the top of the game in singles and then obviously just being able to use that as a catapult to continue to play the doubles events that I want to, but yeah, I mean, Ultimately, I just wanted to continue to play as many matches as possible. And if you look at, you know, the tournaments that I played, like I only played a, you know, a couple of doubles tournament, like times when I played doubles leading up to the slams, like I very rarely, I played doubles once before going to Roland Garros and I played doubles twice before playing in the U S open. So I really didn't have a lot of practice on the doubles court. But I just trusted in my abilities and knew that if I played with the right person that I'd be able to do well. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll continue to use that, you know, as a way to stay out on court, to stay competitive and continue to work on things. You kind of strike me as someone that would be an ideal teammate in the double sense, not just for the on-court compatibility, which we always talk about, but just, you know, being comfortable in that team environment. Is that fair to say mm-hmm. that you just enjoy being a teammate out there? Oh yeah. I, I love the team environment. I don't know if you guys saw like anything at BJK cup, but mm-hmm. I was lit on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so um, You had fun in that I, walkout I, too, by the way, the all dark yeah. walkout. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I always really enjoyed the team environment, team atmosphere, even since playing juniors, you know, I played junior fed cup, played many team events you know representing the U.S. um, in the juniors and I've always really enjoyed it I never played team sports but I always just had such a great time in that regard and in that aspect so yeah I definitely would say that it's kind of one of my like I would call it a hidden talent I think I could say it's a hidden talent because you wouldn't know that from someone who's never played team sports you wouldn't know that I enjoy team sports like this but yeah it's it's something that I really enjoy so you're saying essentially that these results were unexpected and I I think it's you know I think it's it's so cool to that you're open about this you go to the Roland Garros semifinals with Madison Keys a familiar face a fellow Illinois girl growing up then it was the U.S. Open run with Katie McNally how did that partnership come to be? I, I'm, I'm always just curious as to how, how partnerships develop. How did you and McNally become partners? And when during that run, if ever, did you realize we might have something special here? Um, well, I've played against Katie many times, multiple times, maybe four, three or four times. 
I played against her like three or four times when she was playing with Coco. And I knew that, you know, she had a like pretty rare skill set, really enjoyed coming to the net, was comfortable up at the net. And so I always thought that um, it was going to be something that could work really well. And credit to um, Kathy Rinaldi, she had reached out to me and said like, hey, I don't know if you're looking for anyone, but these people are looking for doubles partners for the U.S. stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. And I reached out to Katie um, via Instagram. I was like, hey, you know, would you like to play? And that's how it ended up working out. That's um, amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> that's like, uh, that's, just... that's 21st century Instagram DMs. And it's also yeah, no. Rinaldi, Kathy Rinaldi acting like matchmaker almost. Yeah. So she can help people exactly. get, get dating partners as well. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So that's literally how it went. And um, Madison, like for the French, you know, I, I, had played with her briefly and uh, smashed something an all Walton tennis, like all-star thing. And like, we won our match against like the team we played against five zero. And then I remember turning to Madison. I was like, Holy shit, we played well together. I was like, we got to do this more often. And she was like, okay. And so it yeah. just never worked out. Like we never like really connected, but I, we always, we have such a great relationship off court. We really get along so well. And we've, I've known her for so many years and I was just like, I just wanted to come back and play with someone that I was comfortable with that, you know, we had yeah. no expectations just going out there and having a good time. And, you know, Madison and I end up having a great run as well at Rolling Garros. So, you know, it, it's kind of like, kind of just throw it up in the air and see what happens. Honestly, that's just how you pick a partner. Sometimes. Some people commit for the whole year, but yeah. like, I usually don't do that just because mm -hmm. of how inconsistent the, the, single scheduling is sometimes that's the best way honestly especially managing as you said the singles uh schedule uh when you look yeah. back when you look back at that u.s open run and that final is it tough to think about because the match was winnable or do you at this point kind of twenty thousand feet do you kind of view it more with perspective of it was an improbable and incredible run to be a major finalist well that's how i looked at it you know, in the moment, I mean, of course I was pissed, um, because I could taste it. I think me and Katie could both taste it, but, um, you know, we played against a very experienced team who's been there before time and time and time again, that was Katie, like our first time in that situation. So I had to, I had to allow grace where grace could be given and then be tough where, you know, I should have been tough. Um, which was on myself and feeling as though like asking like what I could have done more, what yeah. could I have done better? Like in, in that regard. And I took that criticism and then assessed it with my coach and, you know, moved on from there. Just said, Hey, like, okay, we've got a couple of more tournaments to play, but being able to cap it as a whole, you know, not looking at the result itself because not too shabby to be a grand right. slam double champ uh, finalist. Like I've, never been that far in a grand slam in singles or doubles so it's an accomplishment and it's another you know box to tick and the next one is to have the winner's trophy no. and i know that i can do it so um you know it, it hurt at the time it stung but i was in good spirits and i had a great time after the final went out hung out with some friends and really enjoyed myself because i knew that i accomplished something right. amazing and um you know outside of serena I, there have been no other women, I don't think, that have made Grand Slam finals post-baby. Um, so whether singles, you know, maybe doubles players, but I'm not really sure. I have 
to look at the statistic, but I know that I was able to add myself into that, into that mix. And I ultimately, I just gave myself a great pat on the back, but I knew my season wasn't over. So I wasn't too relaxed, but I took what I learned, moved forward and, you know, applied that feeling and that confidence that I had into the next tournaments that I played. Yeah, it's always been cool to watch how honest and forthright you've been. The speech after, you know, proclaiming and deservedly so that you've earned your way here and you did exactly what you needed to do to get to the Grand Slam final. It was very earned. I also love the quote at the Billie Jean King Cup where you were just like, I didn't expect to be here, but here I am. So I think that honesty is kind of refreshing for me to just be open about this journey and this process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the Billie Jean King Cup was definitely a surprise to me because there are so many candidates for that role of Billie Jean King Cup where you're cultivating the best players from your country to be able to compete against the other best players from all the other countries. So it was such an honor and it really meant so much to me because it was just like, there was something that stood out about my performance throughout the year that was worthy of me going and being a part of that team. So um, it was just kind of another box ticked because I was just really, really proud of myself and you know whatever the thing is that I was displaying to show that you know it could contribute to that team. So yeah, I definitely it was the the BJK you know Cup nomination and being on the team was definitely one of the bigger shocks throughout the year. Just because like I just felt like there were just so many other you know doubles pairings and people and you know players that were ranked higher than me and you know that have been having better not necessarily better results, but, you know, have been playing more consistently and, you know, out there and all of that stuff, just so many other factors. So, um, yeah, I was really, really proud of myself and, you know, so thankful, you know, to Team USA for just recognizing that. So it comes back to being a great teammate. That'll make the difference sometimes and just being comfortable. So I think other people are noticing that you're thriving in these team uh, situations. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, a couple more things with Taylor Townsend here on Tennis Channel Inside In. But you were able to have some fun as well. And I just want to mention one of your Billie Jean King Cup teammates. And this is where I'm going to ask for the behind-the-scenes story. What was the deal with the TikTok tortilla slap challenge with Coco in Atlanta? Oh, my gosh. So we actually – I'm so mad because they actually leaked that. Like, that wasn't supposed to be out. But it's fine. Wow. Okay. Um, no, but – Um, I had originally did the tortilla challenge with Francis earlier that day. And I was actually going to do with Ben Shelton too, because I was Mm. trying to find guys to do it with me. I asked Nick Kyrgios and he was like, hell no, I'm not doing that. Like, no. (laughs) (laughs) um, Ben was like, I'll do it. And I didn't even know him. And I was like, what's your name? (laughs) He's like, oh, I'm Ben. I was like, oh, nice (laughs) to meet you. I'm Taylor. (laughs) It was really cool. So I was like, okay, well, after my match, I'm going to find you guys and me and Ben and Chris were going to do it. And I was going to do this whole compilation and I thought it was going to be great. But yeah, Coco and I ended up doing because I thought that it was just a great way to like cap the night off. And like, I'm really upset because she slapped me 
Like, she actually slapped me. And, like, I was so nice to her, and that's just not the kind of person I am. So if I get another chance to do it, or if there's, like, another viral challenge in which you get to slap people with items of food, Coco, I'm coming for you. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely held up. I was shocked because you went second and held up a little bit. But that that shows your compassion. And I think, and I'm also amazed that you're probably the last person ever that's not going to know who Ben Shelton is in the tennis world. So that was the last time he's probably had that said to him. Well, there you go. (laughs) Uh, one other thing I do want to mention, too, I want to hear the other behind-the-scenes story. Now that you're teaching tennis to celebrities, what was it like teaching Cardi B and Normani tennis? Uh, it, it wasn't pretty, but I think you showed your patience <laughs> in there. You are very patient, more patient than most people would be. Yeah, I was a little bit nervous about that because I'm like, I don't know if you've watched Keen Peel, but like <laughs> Coach Hines, he's like, I'm going to break this in your face. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's usually how I am. Like, I'm like, I'm the most like impatient person. Like, I'm just not good, especially when it comes to tennis, because in my mind, I feel like it's so easy and it's like very simple. And then when I realize like how I'm breaking it down, I'm like, okay, this is not, you're not doing a good job. <laughs> no. And so I had to ask myself, okay, before I went out there, it's like, okay, how are you going to like, how would you explain this to a, like a third grader? And so I broke it down in my mind. I was like, okay, it's like, I'm going to just a couple of principles on each thing. Um, But it was really funny. Like they were both like so sweet, had a great time. Um, Cardi was everything that I thought she was going to be. She was hilarious, but she was also like surprisingly like so unfit. And I was just like, I thought that like you have to train and have like lung control and you know, air control when you're like performing and dancing and all this stuff. And she was just like, Oh, I'm tired. I need a break. I need some water. She went and laid down on the bench, like actually laid down. And it was just so funny. Cause I, I timed them to like pick up balls and stuff. So, you know, it was just kind of <laughs> yeah. eye opening as well. How it's just like things that we do that are normal, aren't really normal for everyone else, even though the other people right. are maybe someone that's extra extraordinary. My normal isn't other people's normal and that kind of was like you know that was kind of the lesson I took from it but I had a great time it was so amazing to meet them got a new grunt got a new pose got a new speech you know when I holding up a trophy so you know they they equipped me for the right things I just have to bring it out at the right time yeah I was going to ask you if you're going to copy anything from Cardi B like the you know those giant blue nails she was wearing if you're going to incorporate that or maybe the serve where I'd never seen that before where you just go to a backhand <laughs> midair so maybe you yeah, can take that maybe I'm I like volleyball kind of <laughs> um but yeah I mean the nails I'm, I'm treading there you know I'm a nails girl I always have my nails done but not like that. Cause she literally scratched. Like she, she like cut herself <laughs> while we were playing, like actually like drew blood. So wow. yeah, maybe not that, but you know, something along those lines. Well, Taylor, this has been a blast. I appreciate you coming on. The last thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, in real, in regards to broadcasting, I, I noticed your second go around here a couple months ago and that comfort level is rising. Uh, we also got mm-hmm. to see your son, AJ's TV debut which uh, you oh, know, yeah. could pose a threat to, you know, you being the dominant broadcaster in the family. But, <laughs> but how comfortable are you getting kind of, you know, in front of the camera and, and really finding your groove, which I think, you know, a lot of people don't this quickly. How have you been able to get more comfortable broadcasting? Um, well, everyone from Ross to Huska, Panda, Castro, everyone behind the scenes 
is so great in terms of just making you feel comfortable. And one of the things that I really love about the whole Tennis Channel family is that like, it really is like a family environment and they give you like constructive criticism of like, you can do this better or you can do this better. And like, that's what Jason was doing like in the booth. He was like, hey, you know, like you can do this when we do our quick hits to like make it a little bit more flow, like flow better and all that stuff. And I take those little tips and pointers and then try to incorporate them the best that I can. And, you know, being around Steve um, and all of the other people who have been doing this for so long and who are really great at what they do, it makes it easy. You know, I'm, I'm not camera shy and I really just try to be myself. And I think that's the biggest thing. And that's the most important. I think that's what makes it easy for me because like, I'm not, I'm just trying to be me and just let my personality come out and just have fun. Like I want to make it, you know, fun tennis and and is such an interesting sport it's captivating and I think that you know sometimes we can get kind of lulled into the normal type of stuff but it is honestly so much fun and like the team environments I just try to bring a certain level of energy and a certain type of energy wherever I go and you know I love working at Tennis Channel and I will try my best throughout the course of the years to continue to do it because I've just really had such a great time with them. And I'm also so appreciative because honestly, like, you know, they don't have to call you back, Mm -hmm. you know? So Mm -hmm. it's something in which it gave me an opportunity to stay connected to the game when I was away. And I thought that that was just so important because doing the broadcasting, being in the booth, watching matches, having to do the play-by-plays really allowed me to look at the game in a different way. I didn't really watch tennis that much. When I was playing, I barely watched tennis. But then coming to Tennis Channel and just like, you know, having to be in tune with what's happening in front of you for so long, it really allowed me just to lock in pick up patterns pick up things and then try and figure out how I can incorporate that into my own game even though I wasn't hitting balls yet even though I wasn't you know back out on court it still gave me kind of like it kept me in that competitive mindset and that was nothing that you know I didn't expect for that to happen but it just did and I'm so grateful and thankful that it did so shout out to my tennis channel family you guys are the best and you know thank you for all the opportunities and we will continue to work together in the future. Absolutely. But well, yeah. No. Also, they have some juju where you work at Tennis Channel and all of a sudden you do well. So mm. Steve told me about it when I first came out there. So we're yeah. going to keep that going. Yeah, we catch people either on the way up or, the, or, or at the tail end as they're about to retire and start a new career or on the way up. So I think I think we've already seen how you've gone. So. Hey, congrats on all the success and everything that you've done and smashing out this, uh, you know, knocking it out of the park, the uh, broadcast career starting out. Uh, I, I will end with this. You've always admitted you set high goals for yourself. So what are the goals for Taylor Townsend in 2023? 2023 goals. I'm setting it. I'm setting the bar very high. I just want, okay. I'm not going to give you specifics because okay. I like to keep that stuff to my chest. Okay. But you will see me at the top of the game. That's all I'm going to say. Love it. Love it. So, yeah. We that's, like a, that's all. Can we get like a hobby or something, you know, like an off-court maybe goal? A hobby? Um, I'm going to learn how to knit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good one. That would be breaking no. news. 
<laughs> oh my god no I'm um honestly I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure that stuff out like you know I'm, I'm having to re-identify like what my mm-hmm. re-figure out like what my identity is and what I enjoy doing like when I have free time because my free time is so like it's so limited mm-hmm. and especially with traveling like I just try to spend as much time with my son as I can and like when I get back from on the road so but it's really difficult you got to kind of balance that giving and the energy you put out and making sure that you're putting something back in so that's kind of like my next evolution thank you for that so now I'm going to look into what can I do for me we're going to get back to that and I'm probably going to have knit or crochet yarn with me at the next tournament and if you see me with it yeah. i'll make you something if i see you <laughs> knitting at a changeover it's like major final five four in the third set you know tensions are rising and you're just knitting i'll know you have a new hobby i'm not sure you, i'll know where the match you know will go, but I'll know, I'll know it's a real commitment to the hobby i'm not sure you'll it win, could but. be like it could be like a zen thing you yeah know. yeah that would be a first but uh no, yeah but taylor i really appreciate you coming back on it's been awesome to watch your success i wish you nothing but the best for you and your family going forward so uh congrats again on 2022 best of luck in 2023 and uh, thank you again so much for coming on Tennis Channel Inside In. Of course. It's so great to talk to you. That was Taylor Townsend on Tennis Channel Inside In. We're on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Go to tennis.com slash podcast for this and the entire catalog of all our shows. We'll be back next week. More exclusive interviews as 2022 comes to a close. For Taylor Townsend, I'm Mitch Michaels. This was Tennis Channel Inside In. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.